So I hope you had a good sleep last night and are feeling at least a little bit refreshed this morning. Just coming back to what I shared last night, I referred to the Satipatthana Sutta, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, sometimes also translated as the Four Domains of Attention and how this uh, is really the key teaching for all of the insight practices that we're doing here today. And over the course of this retreat, we're going to be exploring some of the key techniques laid out in this uh, text, which, as I said last night, really offers a gradual path of training that helps us to bring mindfulness to more and more aspects of our experience so that we can see clearly so that we can free our hearts and minds from unhelpful habits and start to strengthen helpful habits. So that's really an overview of everything that we're doing here over these four days. And although I know probably most of you already have some familiarity with mindfulness, I wanted to take a little bit of time to explore what is meant by mindfulness in this context, because As I'm sure you all know, mindfulness is popping up everywhere these days. We have, for example, all the mindful coloring books that are available out there. Perhaps some of you got them for Christmas. There seems to be a a huge explosion of mindfulness everything. So I I mentioned that a, a couple of years ago I googled the word mindfulness and I got 17 and a half million hits which I thought was pretty impressive. But I did it again about six months ago, and I got 34 million hits. So in just in two years, it's more than doubled. So mindfulness is becoming more and more mainstream, and it's become a little bit of a buzzword. Perhaps it's even peaked, I don't know. But when anything becomes mainstream and becomes a buzzword, it can easily lose the subtleties and the depth and the nuances of its meaning. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about mindfulness in this context. And over the course of the few days, we'll be exploring all these different nuances and really the magic and, to some extent, the mystery of it. So the English word mindfulness is the translation of the Pali word sati. And Pali is the ancient northern Indian dialect that the teachings were transmitted in orally for centuries before they were written down. So sati literally means to remember, but it's not about remembering the past, it's remembering to be present, remembering to be present with our experience in this moment. So I'd like to give you, share with you just a few definitions from some of my favorite uh, teachers. Gil Fransdil, for example, says mindfulness is the cultivation of clear, stable, and non-judgmental awareness. Clear, stable, non-judgmental awareness. Joseph Goldstein and Sharon Salzberg say mindfulness means being aware of what is going on as it actually arises, not being lost in our conclusions or our judgments about it, our fantasies of what it means, our hopes, our fears, our aversion. 
Rather, mindfulness helps us see nakedly and directly. This is what is happening right now. And notice in that phrase, seeing nakedly and directly, there's a flavor of intimacy in there. And I wanted to mention that because sometimes uh, when people hear about mindfulness, they tend to interpret it in terms of observing our experience as if from a distance. And sometimes the language we can use can reinforce that. So we talk about seeing what's going on or observing your experience moment to moment. But actually, there's a sense of as we become more mindfulness, we become more mindful, we become more and more present, closer to, more connected to our experience. So the German scholar monk Bhikkhu Analio, he wrote his PhD on the Satipatthana Sutta and it became a well-known book that some of you may know called Satipatthana, The Direct Path to Realization. And I've uh, assisted on a few of his retreats at IMS and I, I know he speaks about 15 different languages. He actually taught himself Tibetan and Chinese so that he could compare the Pali and the Sanskrit, the Tibetan, the Chinese versions of these texts. So he speaks those languages as well as many modern European ones. And I mention that because he has, uh, from my perspective, a vast understanding of the teachings. And he has managed to condense mindfulness, the whole of the Satipatthana Sutta, into four initials. KC, KC, which stands for Keep Calmly Knowing Change. So really that's what we're doing here. Keep Calmly Knowing Change. It sounds incredibly simple, but as I'm sure many of you know, not so easy to put into practice. But if you can just remember KC, KC, Keep Calmly Knowing Change. That's all we have to do this week. And out of that, insight quite naturally arises. And insight is the wisdom that helps us to see clearly, as I said earlier. So as I've also been emphasizing, these techniques are laid out in a progressive training, starting with relatively simple examples of our experience. And then we slowly begin to incorporate more and more until ultimately nothing is left out of the field of our mindfulness. And to start this process, we begin by working with the breath. And why do we start there? Well, the breath is always available. If we're alive, we're breathing. And so we have an opportunity to practice right there. So even right now, as you're sitting and listening to me, part of your awareness can be on this experience of breath. Just that simple knowing that you're breathing in, knowing that you're breathing out, and knowing that you know. And it's very important that this awareness is relaxed, not forced. We're not trying to concentrate on the breath or fixate on the breath or narrow the attention on the breath. We're simply knowing it coming into the body and leaving the body. However the breath is, it doesn't have to be any particular way. So for some people, the experience of the breath is clearest at the nostrils. For some, it's more in the upper chest. For some, it's more the abdomen or the belly. It doesn't matter 
where you pay attention, you just notice where for you is the experience of the breath most clear and then bring the awareness there. I also want to just mention that there are two different ways that we can emphasize this working with the breath. So mindfulness of breathing is foundational to many, many different meditation traditions. And there are two somewhat distinct ways that we can work with the breath. One is to use it in the service of calm and concentration. And one is to use it in the service of insight, of vipassana or clear seeing. So the way that many of us are familiar with is to use the breath to help calm and concentrate the mind. And when we do this, it results in states of strong concentration, uh, eventually known as jhana. And then when we practice like this, the mind becomes very still, very stable, very unified, and often there's not a lot of thought going on. On the other hand, when we practice with the breath to develop insight, we're paying very careful attention to the subtle details of the breath to see very clearly how each breath is changing, how the sensations in the body are changing. So we're refining the attention on the breath. So I'll give you a little bit of analogy to hopefully make that clearer. If you think of uh, a surfer, I myself haven't done actual surfing, just body surfing, but I've watched a lot of surfers. And when a surfer is out there waiting for a wave, they're on their board and they're just relaxed. They're floating. Perhaps the swell comes and goes and they know the board's rising, the board's falling, but they don't have to pay particular attention. They're just there, relaxed, receiving the experience of floating up and down. On the other hand, when a wave comes that they want to catch, then they become very aware, very tuned in to all of their senses, to what's going on. And when they actually catch that wave and stand up, they're really present to the force of the water, the speed of the water, the wind, the presence of other surfers or swimmers, perhaps the presence of sharks. They're very tuned in to their surroundings. So in that analogy, the first way of paying attention to the breath is like just that being with the uh, rise and fall of the swell of the water. That's all we're doing is just knowing the breath coming in, the breath going out. And we keep bringing our attention back to that. When we're practicing the breath for vipassana, for insight, then we're really paying attention to the differences in each breath. The qualities, whether it's long or short or rough or smooth. So we're really refining our attention. So there are practical applications of these two processes, these two approaches. So, for example, if the mind is very scattered and agitated, it can be helpful to use the first type of breath to help calm the body and the mind. So in that case, we just, okay, there's a lot of agitation. Let me just sit, relax, and simply know that I'm breathing in, know that I'm breathing out. And whenever the mind moves away from that, you kindly and gently bring it back. And that gentle, repeated bringing it back to just that one simple experience of the breath, over time, 
the body will become calm, the mind will settle and become unified, concentrated. On the other hand, if we're doing that and we're a little bit sleepy, as I think many of you have experienced, the rhythm of the breath is just so peaceful and easeful and we start to get a little bit dull, drowsy. In that case, it might be more helpful to sharpen the awareness, to refine the attention and to really notice the differences, the distinctions in each breath. So then you start to notice, okay, is the breath long or short, deep or shallow, rough or smooth? What's the temperature, the quality of the air, the moisture, and so on? In that way, we're refining our attention, and that paying more close detail actually raises the energy. So I'd like to experiment with that in our next guided sitting now. We'll spend half the time cultivating the breathing for calming the body and mind and then half the time refining the awareness in the service of insight. Okay.